Maybe some of you here tonight have felt you had no other option than to get an abortion. And please know that if you're here tonight, we love you. We're glad you're here. And there is nothing that the forgiveness of Jesus doesn't cover. We care for you and your leaders are great people to talk to if you're bearing heavy things. We won't judge you and we'll help you with whatever heartache you may be feeling. The good news is that you are a new creation in Christ and you can come to him with open arms. And so I'm going to start tonight by giving you my talk outline up front. And so this is going to pop up a couple of times um, so that we kind of know where we're tracking and where we're heading. So we're going to ask three key questions tonight and two kind of subtopics. Uh, the first one is, is God the creator of all human life? The second question is, is it ever okay to end someone else's life? And then we've got two kind of tangents in there. What about a woman's right to her own body? What about her life situation? And then we're going to end with, are God's people called to do something about it? So let's start with, what is abortion? Abortion is the intentional killing of an unborn child, usually by medical or surgical procedure. And we have to be not ashamed to call it that. It's not healthcare, it's not a right. And I want to speak to the boys first here in the audience tonight. Because it's going to be really easy for you guys to just switch off and say, this is just for the girls, I don't have to listen to this. But if you guys hear tonight's message and you have the right resources and the right attitude, you have the chance to help a young girl or a girl of any age who might be feeling really alone. You guys have a chance to stand up for the rights of the unborn. You guys have a chance to save a life. So this is a topic for everyone. In Australia, they estimate around 80 to 90,000 abortions happen every year. They estimate around one in three women will have an abortion in their lifetime. And we're going to see tonight that God's people are called to do something about that. So that brings us to the first question. Is God the creator of all human life? And so the answer to that is yes. The creation stories in Genesis show us that. God is in charge of when we live and when we die. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 6 shows us that. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. Now, what are the implications of this? Well, God not only created us, but he created us in a special way. He created us in his image to resemble him and represent him. And so to help illustrate this, I need two volunteers. Um, you don't have to do anything upstage. I'm actually going to get you to do something. So two volunteers. Oh my gosh, don't be scared. All right, Cameron, you can come up. Cameron, I'm going to give you a piece of paper and some textures. And in the next minute or so, I want you to draw your best picture of a person, taking up the whole thing. That's okay. Just draw a person and then quickly, and then we'll come back up and. Yep, Divine. Divine, I want you to draw. But can you take it back to your seat and then I'll call on you when we're done? Yep. I'll give you that and you can do that. 
All right, and then we're going to come back to them in a minute. So Cameron's drawing a person, Divine's drawing a flower as best you can. Don't, is that what I said? Sorry, Cameron's doing a person, you're doing a flower. Sorry. <laughs> okay, now you guys do that. Don't distract the people next to you while you're doing that. So, is God the creator of all human life? Yes. Did he create us in his image? Yes. And that means every person resembles God in a special way. Just like I'm a little extroverted, like my dad, and I'm also a little introverted, like my mom. In the same way, humans are like God. They resemble God. They resemble God in their intelligence, in their creativity, in their love, in the fact that we have souls, in our compassion, as well as some other things as well. Now, being made in the image of God is what makes us different from everything else in the world. It makes us different to being an ostrich, or a mosquito, or a cactus, or a mountain. Those things are cool, except for maybe the mosquitoes, but they're not made in the image of God. Being made in the image of God is what means you should be treated with dignity and respect. Okay, can I get my volunteers to bring their artworks back up?
are made in God's image and therefore have value. And God delights in the people that he has made. He has called us very good. And so that brings us now to question number two in our talk outline. Is it ever okay to intentionally end someone else's life? And I'm going to say that the answer to this question biblically is that in the the vast majority of situations, it's not. Except perhaps in the very rare case of a war, or if a mother's life is in immediate danger and she will die, and all possible other avenues of medical treatment have been pursued, perhaps then it is permissible. But in the majority of situations, scripture will testify that it's not okay to end someone else's life intentionally. That's why Christians are also against euthanasia. Now, sometimes you will hear people argue that an unborn baby isn't a person or isn't a life. You'll hear that when they talk about ending their pregnancy. They don't call it a baby's life. They'll say we want health care rights instead of what it actually is, the right to take the life of a child. Now, a fetus is clearly human. It's not another species, right? It's clearly separate to the mother. It has its own DNA, its own body, its own brain, its own um, internal organs. And it's clearly alive. We can hear from ultrasounds the baby's heartbeat from as soon as five or six weeks. So as well as science and common sense, scripture clearly suggests that the unborn baby is is valuable and the unborn baby is a person. Psalm 139 is this beautiful psalm written by David. And it talks about the way God created and designed us in the womb. And it shows us that that life in the womb is unique and special. I'm going to put it on the screen. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This passage suggests that we are created by God in an amazing and wonderful way from the room. And we know this because scripture describes God being intimately involved in the process. And you'll notice there it says, your eyes saw my unformed body, aka an embryo. And if you noticed in the psalm, you would have heard all these really beautiful descriptive words. Words like formed. Knitted, made, woven. It's creative words. Words of an artist. Words of someone making something beautiful. Now, abortion, in the sense that we have it today, by a medical or surgical procedure, didn't exist in the Old Testament in exactly that same way. But if we did say that abortion is the intentional taking of a child's an unborn child, then scripture actually has plenty to say about that topic. 
The first place I'm going to take you is the story of a desperate woman named Hagar. Hagar was the slave or servant of Abraham and Sarah. And when Sarah couldn't have a baby and couldn't get pregnant, as was common in the time, Hagar had a child with Abraham. And this created a very unhealthy relationship, and there was lots of resentment. And Hagar even started to look down on Sarah because she could have a baby and Sarah couldn't. And so because of all this tension and all this strife, Abraham sends Hagar and her baby away into the desert. And they run out of water. They're all alone. They have nowhere else to go. Hagar and her baby. And so in a desperate moment, Hagar leaves her baby under a bush because she couldn't bear to watch him die. And she cries. She sobs. She's in the most dire of situations. But scripture says that God heard the baby crying. And an angel comes and tells Hagar, don't be scared. God will provide for him. And God is going to make this son into a great nation. Now why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story to show you God's heart and God's tender care for people in unplanned and difficult situations. God provided for Hagar even though she didn't treat Sarah well. God cares. God is compassionate. God is loving. And we have to keep this in mind when we're thinking about this topic. But also on the other hand, God does say that taking the life of a child is wrong. We're going to listen to the words of Deuteronomy chapter 12 now, where the Israelites are about to enter the promised land, and God says to them this, You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, because in worshipping their gods, they do all kinds of detestable things the Lord hates. They even burn their sons and daughters in the fire, of sacrifices to their gods. Now Psalm 106 also goes on to say, they sacrifice their sons and their daughters to false gods. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrifice to the idols of Canaan. Therefore the Lord was angry with them. And you'd like to think that as a modern society we progress past this. You'd like to think that we've moved on from things like this, but we haven't. Child sacrifice, one of the greatest evils, the most terrible of injustices, now occurs in doctor's offices, on sterilised tables by medical professionals. In the Old Testament, the Israelites and other nations sacrificed their children to the gods of Molech and to the gods of Canaan. But we do the same today, except we sacrifice children to the God of my life plan, to the God of my success, to the God of my education, to the God of my relationship, to the God of comfort. And so now we come to the two main objections people have when talking about abortion. What about a woman's right to her own body? Shouldn't they be able to make decisions about what happens to their body? My body, my choice. You might have heard this a lot when we were talking 
um, when Roe versus Wade has come back on the radar lately. However, when we think through this logically, it doesn't make sense. Because today, many laws exist that control what we do with our bodies, right? For example, I can't walk, walk down here and punch one of you in the face. Or if I'm driving home tonight, I can't drive 200 kilometers an hour in a 60 zone. That's fine with some of you would do. I also found out today there's a law that says apparently still exists, still in existence in Victoria, I believe, that says you can't wear pink, pink hot pants on a Sunday after midday. Go figure. I don't know. We all have laws throughout our country that exist to control what we can and can't do with our bodies. And we especially have these laws when it comes to the most vulnerable. I can't go down to the shops, buy some alcohol and cigarettes and give it to you guys, right? Very illegal. As we said at the beginning, all people are equal in God's eyes. All have a right to life because they're made in the image of God. The mother does not get to decide whether her baby gets to live based on whether she wants them to live or not. Earlier this year, I don't know if you guys heard about it, but a new law came into effect called Zoe's Law. Uh, Zoe's Law was written after an unborn baby, uh, who the family called Zoe, was killed when her pregnant mother was injured in a car accident caused by a driver on drugs. And this new law is designed to recognise that a life was taken in that moment. That, they, that the taking of another life, of an unborn child, deserves criminal punishment. And this is not logical when we think about abortion. A person can be charged with murder if that unborn baby is lost due to a criminal act. Yet the same mother could walk into an abortion clinic and not be charged and have an abortion. The only difference is whether the baby was wanted. And that's a tragedy. It's not rational. Our society is not making sense in that space. And this is created when we think about ourselves, when we think about ourselves as God. And scripturally and spiritually, the Bible presents the unborn as their own person. Psalm 139 showed us that. And we know from the example of Jesus on the cross, right, that what we do with our bodies matter. The way we use our bodies is important. Uh, there's this quote that I love, it's going to come up on the screen now, by a guy called Josh Howerton. And he says, Abortion is the reverse image of the gospel. Instead of, I'll die for you, it says, you die for me. The story of the gospel is that Jesus laid down his life for others. Abortion is the opposite. It's the taking of a life for yourself. Now that doesn't mean that unplanned pregnancy isn't hard. Of course it's hard. Giving a baby up for adoption is hard. It's terribly hard doesn't mean that parenting isn't hard. Obviously, it can be really hard. They're all hard. In fact, we could say that, in a sense, Jesus himself 
in Mary's personal timeline was an unplanned pregnancy. And it turned out to be an unplanned pregnancy that saved the world. You can't do whatever you want with your body when it hurts someone else. We have laws to control what we do with our bodies, and especially if it's the life of someone vulnerable. Now the second objection we get back in our talk outline is what about her life situation? What about the mother's life situation? Does that make a difference as to whether abortion is okay or not? And I just want to acknowledge that there are a number of reasons that women choose to have an abortion. But most abortions are performed on healthy mothers and healthy babies. A large chunk of women report feeling pressured into having an abortion. And that is horrible. Sometimes they may have mental or physical or financial difficulties. Maybe they've even been assaulted. And that is horrible, that is disgusting, it's tragic, and it's wrong. And I hear this objection from some of you guys a lot, because you genuinely care, right? Isn't it horrible to make a woman have a baby when maybe she didn't choose to get pregnant in the first place? But the question we need to ask is, will it take the trauma of that event away? I want to tell you the real story of a young girl named Liana. Liana was born in Mexico, and she became pregnant through no fault of her own at 12 years old, rather brutally. At that age, the doctors offered her an abortion, and she was a really wise young girl. And she asked them, rather genuinely, will it take the pain away that I feel? Will it take away the anxiety? Will it take away the memories? And the doctors said, well, well, no, technically it won't. And then Liana decided if that was the case, it wouldn't change what's happened. Then she didn't see the point. And so she decided to go on and she raised her child with a lot of support. Now, not all women, women may choose to raise their children in such circumstances. But when an assault happens, it's because the powerful take advantage of the weak. And therefore, women who become pregnant from an assault shouldn't continue that violence. They shouldn't be a part of the powerful group who take advantage of the weak, the innocent, the unborn. So, we turn now to our final question for this evening. Are God's people, are Christians called to do something about abortion? And to answer this question, we're going to turn now to the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. And Proverbs are general statements about how to live a godly life. And so we must use wisdom and our whole knowledge of scripture to apply them. But I think the link to abortion here will be clear. Now I put the NIV on the screen so you can check. But I'm going to read to you the CEV because I think it's a little easier, so it kind of uses easier language for us to understand. Proverbs 24, 10 to 12 says this. Don't give up and be helpless in times of trouble. Don't fail to rescue those who are doomed to die. Don't say I didn't know it. God can read your mind. 
He watches each of us and knows our thoughts. As Christians, we are called to rescue those who are being led away to death. It is our job to speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And we can't pretend we didn't know. If you don't actually know what an abortion procedure is, I would encourage you to go to the website Live Action and you can hear document, uh, you can hear testimonies and descriptions of doctors who have performed abortions about what the procedures actually are. Saying you didn't know what was going on isn't a good enough excuse to God. I think we all just need to take a breath for a minute. That's been heavy, hey? It's been heavy. What can we do about this? Well, firstly, we need to support women who are having an unplanned pregnancy. One way that you can do that is through this awesome organisation called Diamond Women Support. Uh, this is a group of some of the um, women and men who are part of that. And it's an organisation that I've been a part of um, over the years. Um, this group is fighting for change and fighting for women to have support in this space. Um, it's a charity designed to give women um, counselling and material goods and support and um, emotional support as well. And here are some of their services. They give options information about, about um, parenting, about abortion, about adoption, about all the different things available. They give counselling and pregnancy support. Uh, they have a mentor program for young mums who do decide um, to have the baby. They have support for partners. Because often we don't talk about how this can affect um, partners. And they do have post-abortion counselling if there's someone who's experienced a lot of trauma from that. Um, Diamond Women Support have also been a part of writing submissions to Parliament to advocate for this issue. And they've been applying and getting grants to help victims of domestic violence who are often more at risk of experiencing some of these pressures. So if you know someone who's pregnant, maybe you're pregnant yourself, Call Diamond. They will help you. You can call them, you can reach out to them, you can go to a counsellor and get help. They'll give you all the information to support you. So, what else can we do as God's people? Well, I think a really obvious one, but overlooked one, is that we need to support and celebrate single mums. Rather than gossip about them, rather than shun them, we need to celebrate them the beautiful decision that they've made. And maybe God could be calling some of you guys in when you're older to do things in this space. Maybe you could be part of politics and making decisions and encouraging campaigns that support women in this space. Maybe you would consider becoming a counsellor working at a pregnancy centre. And maybe some of you would take on the beautiful and important task of fostering or adopting children when you're older. So, to recap tonight, let's look at our outline again. We've said that God is the source and creator of all life, and all people are valuable because God made them. No matter their age, no matter their contribution to society, no matter their development, all people are valuable to God. We've said that it's not okay to take an unborn baby's life in the vast majority of situations. 
We've seen that Jesus lays down his life for his friends, whereas abortion does the opposite. We've said that women's rights or the mother's life situation aren't biblical reasons to have an abortion. And finally, we've seen that God's people are called to tell the truth about abortion and to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and to defend the rights of the poor and needy. Guys, too often, Christians haven't handled unplanned pregnancy well, either around them or in the church. Women and couples have not been given the grace and hope and forgiveness they need just like the rest of us. But let's be the generation to change that. Let's be the generation to open our arms to women in these situations who are considering abortion. Let's be the generation to give so much love and care and support that having an abortion would be unthinkable. I'd just love to finish as we wrap up with some words inspired by Pastor J.D. Greer. And I've kind of adapted them for us here. So maybe there's someone here who's pregnant. Maybe you're terrified. Maybe you're so scared of what your parents will do. Maybe uh, the boy is long gone. And you feel really alone and really scared. I want you to look around at this youth group. Look around at this family. Look around at Richmond Anglican Church. We're here for you. We're not scared. There's a family here ready to be a part of your child's life. We'll throw you the baby shower. We'll bake you the cake. We'll give you so many gifts. That'll be so exciting. We'll give you whatever you need. We've got you financially. We've got you emotionally. We've got you spiritually. I'll take you to Diamond on Monday and get you a counselling appointment so you can talk it all out with someone. We've got you, girl. And if you can't handle any of it, that's okay. We'll find a family who will adopt your baby. We aren't scared. We love you. We're in this together. We love you so much. We're here for you. It won't be easy. I'll say that. But true love is laying down your priorities, your comfort, and even your life for another. And Jesus taught us that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he shows us what true love is, that he laid down his life for another. Please help us if we've had trauma in this space, or we've had bad experiences, to come to you, Lord, to ask for forgiveness and to be welcomed in in your grace. Lord, as we go out into discussion groups, Please help our conversations to be filled with love and respect for each other as we discuss this important task. In Jesus' name we pray.